Good morning. So we are doing Uddhav Gita chapter 3. We had done till verse 17. So we are continuing from verse 18 onwards from chapter 3. Uh, yesterday we were talking about uh, the honey gatherer and after that the deer, the music. That means what you like to hear very nicely in the ear. So we are going to continue from there. We are doing Uddhav Gita, chapter 3, verse 18, the last message of Sri Krishna. Rishyashingra, the offspring of deer, listening to the sensuous music of women, became their docile plaything. This is a very old story where the deer, if you have seen in some of the very old pictures, you know, you might have observed that the deer is very dear to to females, you know, to women. You will find that in the story of Ramayana also, there is a golden deer which is running across. And Sita says to Ram, can you get me that deer? Now, what is this deer all about? It is <laughs> to get enamored by this deer. And deers can get trapped by music, hearing. So, continuing from yesterday where we left, you will find that hearing good words, songs, poetry can enchant a person. And the person can get attracted towards it and fall for it. Listening to the beautiful words of someone else praising you or singing songs of praise for you can definitely be very, very attractive. What do we do in churches and temples and various other places of worship? What do we do? We sing praises, isn't it? We sing praises. Singing praises even entices God. So when you sing praises to God, you think about it. What is a prayer? You know, just imagine if I keep on saying, Oh God, in this wonderful sacrament, I have left as a memorial of a passion. Does it sound nice? No, but if I say it, Oh Lord, in this wonderful sacrament of the... You know the way they sing in the church. Have you heard that? Huh? <laughs> now this is the way of enticing. Even God gets enamored by sound. So when you sing praises to the Lord also, He is going to get enchanted by you. Don't worry. So sing praises. Don't worry. <laughs> So singing, dancing, you see most of the Indian temples they have a dance courtyard where the dancers used to dance for the Lord. Today we have various beautiful forms of dance in India, you know, Bharatnatyam, Kuchipudi and so on and so forth, so many beautiful kinds of dancing. What do you think these dances are all about? They are nothing but praising the Lord. Isn't it? 
and when you do that in your life also you will entice god so now let us come back to human beings and how do they get it <laughs> so here listening to the music or the songs sung by women the deer are also getting enchanted so this was as of yesterday whatever we were discussing we have come to the end of this particular teacher you know the teachings of a teacher now we move on to the next one so we do verse 19 chapter 3 verse 19 last message of sri krishna from the uddhav gita the foolish man ah this is very interesting the foolish man infatuated with delicacies by an over greedy tongue meets with death like the fish by means of the hook see we discussed so on and so forth now taste the next organ of you know sensual organ it's called the organ of taste this the organ of taste is very very interesting you have to put something in your mouth first to get the taste of it all the sensory perception happens inside the mouth so the foolish man infatuated with delicacies by an over greedy tongue meets with death like the fish by means of the hook what is the hook over here and what is this delicacy that he is talking about i'm sure you know in your own family there are people who have diabetes <laughs> people have diabetes some have you know indigestion some have some all these different kinds of problems that are there connected to food excess of food two things one is less of food and one is excess of food when you eat more or when you eat something which is not digestible by you remember you are going towards your death very fast so here the next guru of my gurudev is this great thing which we call as a fish who is getting attracted by the hook and on the hook there is a fine bait and this bait he is attracted towards so when he goes and catches that bait the hook goes in his mouth and he gets caught likewise there is a very nice bait for diabetic people it's called sugar right and for obese people it's called fat i mean there are good fat and there is bad fat also let us not go into that direction but overeating or doing something which is not good for the human kind eating some things which are dangerous i am just talking about one or two diseases let us think of another one cirrhosis 
How does cirrhosis happen? Alcohol is the root cause of it. Again, the tongue, it wants to taste alcohol. So when you keep on drinking, your body can process only up to a certain limit. Once you cross the limit, the liver fails. The body parts do not function and then you get into trouble. So this is the reason why we have to take everything in moderation. Everything, whether it is sugar, whether it is ghee, whether it is, you know, uh, alcohol, whether it is sweets, whatever might be the case, eat it in moderation. Drink in moderation. Nobody says you are supposed to have more and more just because it is available at one point in time. No. We are not like, uh, you know, tankers, oil tankers that you are going to fill it and use it when the time comes. No, it's nothing like that. You are not going to save and store for another day. Yes, your body has this very strange, uncanny ability to convert carbohydrates into fats and store it in the body. So, for future use, it says. And this fat, when if it is not used, you become obese, isn't it? And then you have a lot of diseases. So, this is the thing. Great men who give up food easily control the sense organs except the organ of taste which becomes more troublesome to one who does not take food. This is another thing which we Indians do love. Upvas. You know upvas means what? Fasting. <laughs> we say I am going to fast. Yeah, every, by the way, everybody in this world fasts. Some people do it during, you know, the days when uh, Lent and seasons, like different kinds, different times during the year people do fasting. And this fasting is extremely dangerous. What is this thing that is so very dangerous? When you fast, to break the fast you eat more. Your body thinks that you have to compensate for the loss of food during that time. You see, when your body is not taking food, okay, once you start taking food, it believes that it has had a loss. Do you know in India, we also have another thing. If you don't get water for two days in the taps, you know what you do? You store quite a lot once the water comes. Isn't it? Thinking that, okay, maybe the next two, three days the water may not come again. And this is the thing which body also does. Body has this uncanny ability to store more and more, thinking that in the future you will not have. So we eat more, the body stores more. Do you think that that fat can go away? Today we have a very less audience over here, but I will just give you an idea. When a person joins a gym, or when a person goes in for yoga and all these kind of newfangled things that are there, long walks, I did 10 kilometers, I did 6 kilometers, I did 5 kilometers a day. Let us assume that you are consuming 2,200 
kilocalories in one day. Just think. When you start gym or when you start walking, you are consuming five to six hundred calories over there. Alright? Maybe less, maybe more. I am just giving a theoretical figure. Don't go by this, you know, no, no, Guruji, you are wrong. I am just giving an idea. Your normal life may require about 2,200 calories, kilocalories. But when you do gym, when you start the gym activity, when you go for 6 kilometers or you do cycling, you do walking, you do yoga, you do whatever you want to do, extra work, you are consuming an additional five to 700 calories more. Now let us say you have done it for two, three days in a stretch. Remember your body is taking 2200. Now you have added another 700 more. Where is it using it from? You are not eating more. So it is using from the stored fat that is there. Body has stored fat. So it is using it up. So in six days time, you know, you have people in India who will come and show me, Guruji, can you see my muscles? What do you mean by muscles? The muscle over here is not working. Understand? We have a very powerful muscle called the brain. <laughs> it, nobody uses that. So showing that thing doesn't work. So what do you do? I have to eat more proteins. So people eat eggs, meat and so on and so forth. So your normal intake was 2200 kilocalories. When you eat more, you are taking another 1000 calories more. So now you are consuming, say, let us say 3200. Okay. But remember, you are consuming, that is using up only 700. So now do that calculation. 2200 plus 700. Okay. Is... 29. What are you left with? 100 KCL more. So when you consume more, because your body thinks it is using up more, so you start consuming more. Unknowingly. Consuming more doesn't mean quantity. It means quality of goods also. So if you take meat, eggs and try to compensate for those things, I am sorry, you are making a mess of your life. So by the time you are, say, one, two, three months into this regime of yours, you have already put on some kind of a weight. Do you see the shape of the body then? Yes. You see the shape of the body, the muscles are toned up and the body has put on slightly more weight. It is because of this compensatory tactic of the body. Now imagine after three months, you get into another schedule. You have to go for work and for 15-20 days you don't see a gym. You don't do the walking. You don't do anything. The same muscles start coming down. But you are not giving up on your calories intake. You are still consuming a lot of calories. So just after 
the gym has been left behind somewhere or the walk has gone away or whatever activity that you are doing has finished, a man puts on weight. So you will find that if you give up your gym, your food intake is not regulated, you start becoming fat once again. Instead of accumulating muscle tissue, you are going to add fats into your body because your consumption has now dropped down again to 2200 levels. But your intake has gone up to 3000. I hope you got this calculation. You know, it's a mathematical calculation. It's actually what I'm teaching you is common sense. Common sense, you got to use your common sense. Why are you stopping your activity? If you go for a walk, continue to go for a walk. If you are doing your gym, continue to do your gym. Don't give bullshit reasons, you know. I can't go to the gym because I had to do this or I had to do that. I can't do my walk because I am doing extra work at office. That is not the criteria. Please do not give this kind of reasoning. You got to put this somewhere in your lifestyle. You should. Those who have sedentary lifestyles, for them, suddenly to take up some activity and then drop it, they put, become more obese. That should never be the case. Never suddenly start and suddenly end something. You are causing trouble to the body. So this is what it says. So Dattatre says this during that time. Some people, when they give up food, it's like, I gave up my second meal way back 15 years ago, 16 years ago, I think. I don't take my second meal. I should not take my second meal. It's not important. So my evening meal, I have completely given up. Has it changed my body? Have I pulled down in weight or anything? I'm still my fat old self. <laughs> so it is like that. Even if you give up, the body is going to compensate somewhere or the other. I don't have an active lifestyle. I have a sedentary lifestyle. And if I suddenly go to the gym, if I suddenly start walking, if I suddenly start mountain climbing or doing some nonsensical stuff, it's not going to help me one bit or at all. On the contrary, I will become 200 kilos in weight, you know, baby elephant or something like that, maybe old elephant. <laughs> so if you do something like that, then please don't take the food. You know, if you take fasting, take very little at the end of the fast, just to compensate that little, but not too much. A man who has overcome the other organs cannot be a master of his senses until he controls the organs of taste. When the organ of taste is controlled, everything is controlled. Eyes, ears, we see, we hear, we touch, we feel, you know, all these kind of things are there. Most important organ, Krishna says, Dattatre says over here, is the organ of taste. So verse 21, chapter 3 says from the Uddhav Gita, a man who has overcome other organs cannot be a master of his senses until he controls the organ of taste. When the organ of taste is controlled, everything is controlled. Right? So you have to control your tongue. 
Actually, the tongue has two uses. One is food and the second one is talking. We talk too much. And these two things, this organ over here is extremely important. We need to control it. Eat in moderation, talk in moderation. Don't talk too much and don't eat too much. Because it's an essential thing. Right? So I hope you understood the value of eating, the value of the tongue, the sensory organ of taste. The taste, is it so important? Bland food. The yogi eats only bland food. Sometimes he cooks for himself flatbread or chapatis, we call them in India roti, in another language. And he eats only that. It is not greased. It has got nothing in it. Maybe he has a little bit of potatoes. See, when you stay in the Himalayas, what is the main food over there? Nowadays, it is Maggi noodles and all that. <laughs> but in olden times, it was flatbread. They will make the chapati or the roti and eat it. And on that, sometimes you would have some kind of a thing to go along with. It could be, it could be potato. And what do you do for a potato? Maybe you just spike it and roast it over a fire. That's it. Huh. In, in, in your house, you can have what is called as a jacket potato. You know, jacket potato. You can <laughs> poke it and put it in the microwave. And after 3-4 minutes, you remove it out and remove the cover. What has happened over there? The potato has cooked in its own water inside. There is a water inside the potato, isn't it? So it has cooked inside its own water. You have not added anything extra. You know the Europeans, they have a very strange dish which they make out of potato. I've seen it in one restaurant where I had gone. It's called Marshes. It's a very big chain. And in that, they have only boiled potatoes. <laughs> and they put it on a tawa or something like that. And that's it. Some Something is there on top. Maybe cheese or something. And then it is given to eat. I think that must be some something really nice. I have not eaten it. But potato is a staple food. So these two, three things you can definitely eat. You know. I will not discount Maggie because in the, in the mountains where can we get something good? So Maggie, Maggie, Maggie. You know. You can <laughs> Maggie noodles. Yes. And maybe some rotis and some can't have bread. Nobody has got, got an oven over there. So you can make flat bread. So during the olden times also, they were having this bread, this kind of a roti. They would eat that and they would be satisfied. So most of the yogis in the mountains, they have this very simple food. Okay. Sometimes green leafy vegetables are also there. You can have that as well. So now we are going to move on to another story. Okay, this is a long story. Alright, so let us see where we are going now. We are doing Uddhav Gita, chapter 3, the last message of Sri Krishna, verse 22 onwards. Now, this is 
another guru of my guru. The Tatra is explaining to the Yadu, one of his another guru. See, we have been doing so many gurus of his, isn't it? Right? In the past one, we did this Rishringya, that is the deer and then the fish and then so on and so forth. So now we are going on to another one. Verse 22 says, in the days of yore, I am going to read this because it's like a story. So I will come continue the story further. In the days of yore, there was a courtesan named Pingala in the city of Videha. I have learned something from her. Listen to it, O king. So there is a particular city called Videha. And in the court, there must have been a king. And the king has his court. And in the court, there are dancers. Isn't it? So there was this great courtesan, a lady who used to dance very well. Her name was Pingara. One day that courtesan, with a view to conduct some lover to the trysting place, took her stand at the door in the evening, beautifully dressed. Now, in most of the places in the world, have you seen that there are red light areas? Now, what is a red light area, by the way? A red light area is a place where you go and find prostitutes. <laughs> Last week only I was talking about the dancing girls. Okay, so we are going to go further than that. So there is there is an area in every city in this world. By the way, you, if you say my city doesn't have, you are mistaken. Maybe you are not aware of it. <laughs> so yes, in, in all over the world, there are some places which are forbidden for few people and there are some people who love to go there. So there was this one particular place in the city of Videha and there was this lady called Pingala. Every day she would dress up nicely and they have to entice people so naturally they will dress up nicely and she would stand outside the door waiting for customers to come. Hmm? So verse 23 says from the Uddhav Gita, chapter 3, one day that that courtesan with a view to conduct some lover to the trysting place took her stand at the door in the evening beautifully dressed. She was very beautifully dressed. And she stood over there. O best of men, seeing men coming along the way, she who was greedy after money, considering them to be rich, and persons likely to yield her some income. So what she did was, just like, you know, you will find that in some of the places in the world, they will say to the customers, please come in, please come in, please come in, please come in. Isn't it? Right? You will find that yesterday when we went to the marketplace, there were people standing outside who were calling the customers, please come to my, please come to my shop, please come to my shop. It is nothing but calling, beckoning, please come. It's a way of enchantment. Now, I'll tell you something about hair cutting salons world over. <laughs> See, there are the male hair cutting salons. Have you seen that? Huh? Just outside the male hair cutting salons, they have a small box like this. Huh? And inside the box, there are, you know, the colored thing is there and it just keeps on going round and round and it attracts the customer. I don't know what it actually does, 
But across the world, you will find, I mean, this started way back in the early 30s and 40s. Okay. You'll still find there are lots of people in the world who have these attractive contraptions outside this barber shop. It attracts them. Nowadays, pharmacies have something written in green. The cross is green in color. The doctors have a red cross somewhere. I'm sure you remember World War time, there was the Red Cross Society, Red Cross. <laughs> it tells you that there is a hospital, there is somebody who is going to... So these are enticing signs. They say, come here. You want something, please come to me. Okay. How many of you are familiar with the McDonald's? M? <laughs> Most of us are familiar with the McDonald's. Or that old man, you know, what is his name? I don't know, Colonel Sanders. Huh? He's very famous. Outside KFC, you will find that Colonel Sanders over there. It is nothing but telling you, please come over here. Okay. Likewise, the red color of Coca-Cola. Hmm? Is that red, the way it is written, you know how it is written. Restaurants, places, everything. And that brings me to an interesting story. <laughs> this attraction thing is a very, very strange phenomena. In the material world, we all have something which is called attraction. attraction. What is the attraction? If you look at a person, a person has a certain characteristics which are attractive in nature. Isn't it? Oh, you have a high forehead. You have beautiful eyes. Oh, I mean, all those kind of things we say. So now, this is a story of Sai Baba. Hmm? One day it so happened that there was one person who was driving down with his, you know, the Tonga. Tonga means a horse cart. He was driving down on the horse cart towards Shirdi. So, and while he was coming closer and closer and closer, he saw there was a place just above the temple or the place where Sai Baba used to sit. There were some flags flying. This person got very upset. He says, why is it that if Sai Baba is a saint, why is he announcing to the world by telling the world, how oh, I am sitting over here, my flags are flying over here, you see? He says, a saint is not supposed to attract attention. I am not going to go and meet Sai Baba. And he wanted to turn back from there. Fortunately, the story goes that no, he ended up meeting Sai Baba and becoming one of his very great devotees. It's a different story. But when he saw those flags, those patakas and the flags, patakas is the triangular thing which you have made out of paper, you know, colored papers. Hmm? Uh, I don't know what is the word in English. So, when we have certain celebrations in India, we have the paper decorations, the light decorations and so on and so forth. And sometimes we have the flags, the colored flags are flying all over the place. So, when you look at these flags, what happens? You get attracted towards them. It is like telling, you know, this is the barber shop. Come, to, come over here. This is McDonald's. Come over here. Oh, this is the temple. Please come over here. This is the church. Please come over here. Those high mass you see, you know, the big cross right on top. It can be seen from miles away. 
It is nothing but an attraction. Remember this. Whereas there is, I don't think Jesus Christ ever said, you know, you should hang a cross over there. By the, by the way, Jesus Christ died on the cross. He would not have said these words. Right? So in the same way, no God would have said, you know, you fly patakas over there or that uh, flags over there. It's nothing but telling you that there is something over here of worship. So likewise, I think the power is again gone. <laughs> it's back. Okay. So coming back to our story. So this interesting part where this man says that Sai Baba was not supposed to get attracted, you know, should not attract anybody. This is the truth about sages and saints. They should never draw attention towards them. No sage, no saint is supposed to draw attention towards himself. I am here, I am sitting over here, please come to me. No, 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 nothing like that. When God wants people to visit them, they will. Another story. Today the story time, I think. <laughs> the Sai Baba story you heard. Tapovan Maharaj, who was a great saint, who was the guru of Chinmayananda, Swami Chinmayananda, the great revered saint of India. His Gurudev, Chinmayananda's Gurudev, Tapovan Maharaj, never told anybody, please come to me. He would stay in a far off location somewhere in the mountains and never drew any attention towards himself. No. In a year's time, he would lose a lot of students because he was a very tough teacher. Please remember, the tougher the teacher, the better you are. You know? See, like they say, you have to use the stick sometimes. And Tapovan Maharaj was a very, very strict teacher. He would give very frugal things to eat. Do you remember our previous verse? What it said? Eat in moderation, eat less. So Tapovan Maharaj used to give very less food to people. You had to take two times bath in cold Ganga water. Ganga is flowing from Himalayas. And somewhere in those mountain ranges, you think you can dip yourself at 4 o'clock in the morning and have bath? Oh. You know, there is a term called hypothermia. <laughs> you better get used to it if you want that kind of a life. So there in the mountains, Early in the morning, you have to take a bath. At another time, his Gurudev, uh, Tapuan Maharaj, looks at Chinmayananda and says, You know, I want one glass of water to drink. So Chinmayananda looks at his Gurudev and says, The river is down over there. You want me to climb the mountain down and bring water from there and come up over here? He gave him a stare. Okay. So, Shinmayananda went down 
and brought a bucket full of water and banged it in front of his guru. The guru looks at him and says, Do you think I asked you for a bucket of water? I want a glass of water to drink. Listening is important. <laughs> so Chinmayananda had to go down again and get a glass of water. Do you think in the Himalayas it's a very good thing to climb, climb down 900 meters and go back 900 meters? You think it is very easy? In the Himalayas, it's very tough. And to carry one bucket of water from down to up there? Have you ever carried a backpack? <laughs> you know, 10 kgs of backpack. Your back will be broken and carrying a bucket full of water upstairs. See, such was the Gurudev. Any great person, a Gurudev like that, a Guru like that, makes great disciples. If they can stick on. And Tapawan Maharaj had this very big problem where nobody stuck to him because they were all afraid. They were thinking that, you know, my Guru, he treats me so badly. He tells me, get water, you know, glass of water. What is this? He doesn't give me food to eat. He doesn't, you know, make me sleep also properly. Four o'clock in the morning, I have to get up, take cold you know, water baths and all that. What is this nonsense? I have heard of ashrams where they give good food to eat. The Guru is very nice and kind. I'm sorry. When you have a nice and a kind Guru, you are not going to be a good student at all. You saw? Nobody has remained except Susan, you are there. <laughs> so the, the problem is this. Nobody remains. You know, they are all afraid. And you will never have a good student at all. And that student can never be a yogi. You have to endure. So our two stories have come to an end. So if you really want to become somebody great in this world, learn. Perseverance. Persevere. And don't just give up. It's not good to give up. Your guru may be the worst character on earth. You know, he can make you squirm and you know, all kinds of things. He may not even answer you. One of the funniest examples was Tapavan Maharaj, one day he says to Chinmayananda, I mean, Chinmayananda is asking him, can we start this particular, uh, you know, uh, Upanishad? <clears throat> now, every day he thinks, today my Gurudev is going to teach me this Upanishad. <clears throat> Nothing happened for quite some time. <laughs> Finally, he, you know, asked his Guru, are you going to teach me or not? Hmm. Nothing happens. When the time is right, he will do it. Remember, when the time is right for that student, the Guru, they correctly does things. So coming back to our story once again, we will go back to Pingala. Hmm? So two stories and now we will go back to Pingala. So, <clears throat> What was Pingala doing? She was standing outside waiting for customers to come. She was dressed very nicely, attractively. Okay, she had done her makeup, whatever, you know, kajal, this, that she has to put and was standing outside over there. And when she was standing outside over there, she was thinking, oh, this guy is good. He looks rich. Maybe he will come and look at me. 
oh that person is very nice maybe he will come so she was just trying to see which person she can attract verse 25 says as they came and passed by one by one she who lived upon the proceeds of such a life thought that some other rich man would approach her and bring her a lot of money this is called desire a man desires oh not this one then another one not that one then another one not that one then another one not that one this expectation you know we keep on having it's like today you may have a small job tiny job our expectation is i want a bigger one and a bigger one and a bigger one and a bigger one we never satisfy we are exactly like pinga when we have a small car we want a big car when we have a small house we want a big house when we have one one dress you want 10 dresses it is such a thing and we always want something better and better and better and better what does a yogi do oh my dhoti is not good i will have a colored dhoti okay why should i wear only white next time i'll wear a yellow dhoti now now yellow dhoti is is faded out i will take a pink dhoti i will take a orange dhoti is that what he does no you see buddha also stitched old clothes and made a garment out of it he used to take bits and pieces of clothes old ones and he would stitch them together from the sides and make a big piece of cloth and that is what he would wear and here in the material world we are always looking for better and better and better the yogi doesn't look for better and better and better you know what he does simple simpler simplest down 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 not up 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 down 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 he is supposed to wear simple dresses so one day when one of my students asked me guruji how many clothes do i need to own so i said you know i was reading somewhere maximum a woman needs to have total 27 pieces of garments or stuff like that she is a ceo of a company in 5 years she has not bought anything she is a billionaire by the way and she has total 27 pairs of clothing so for a for a man i just said you need two pairs of what is below and maybe about 4 5 of them on top that's it which makes it about 6 to 8 clothes total not more than that you don't need more than that and people you go and open their cupboards it's like yesterday when i was telling you i have 12 t-shirts i don't know what to do with them and you know i am going against the principles so you think i can then teach you this is the problem no i need to have a very simple lifestyle myself I can't have fancy clothes. Got the understanding? So here, the desires have to be cut. Expectations have to be cut. Lesser and lesser is better and better. Simpler, 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 simplest. Simple, simpler, simplest. And as little as you can. Then you are environmentally friendly also. <laughs> you will save the world you know saving the world because you are not using up so many clothes right so 
this story will continue in the coming week because it's a long story. Pingala has to tell us a very beautiful lesson. So we will stop at verse 25. Okay. Next time onwards, we will continue with Pingala from verse 26 onwards because it's a long story. It's about desires. It's about how we have to become so simplistic and not keep on asking more and more and more and more. We have to reduce, cut it down, make it small, make it simple. Right? So this is what we got to do. So we will stop over here at verse 25. Next time onwards, we will do 26 onwards. We will continue the story of Pingala once again. Alright? So you take care. You have a very good evening and good day and take care. Bye. See you next week.